Let's pray. God, you are gracious beyond description. You are forgiving beyond what we can comprehend. We ask that you continue to give us the gifts of grace and forgiveness, both as those who receive and those who give to others. We thank you for this calling for equipping us for your service. In the name of Jesus, amen. At the beginning and the end of this particular time, I want to read a most important thing. This is one of those passages of Scripture that if you had to say, here are a number of verses that are central, that are the key to everything, this is one passage you might go to. There's a few, but this is one of them that you might go to. This is a first thing, a first thing of all first things, uh, and it's in the opening of the book of Colossians. So to begin with and to end with, this is Colossians 1, 15 through 23. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in Him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers. All things have been created through Him and for Him. He Himself is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that He might come to have first place in everything. For in Him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through Him God was pleased to reconcile to Himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of His cross. And you, who were once estranged and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his fleshly body through death, so as to present you holy and blameless and irreproachable before him, provided that you continue securely established and steadfast in the faith, without shifting from the hope promised by the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven. What if this is the only place in your world this week that is marked by all of us joining together at this moment and being united? Doesn't matter how you got here, and at this moment, doesn't matter where you're going. Just for this moment, right now, the one thing that we can say is that we are all together in this place united in Christ. We today have the opportunity to practice real healing of our world. And in so doing, to put the whole kingdom of heaven on display by saying to one another, my Jesus-informed love for you is more important than the daily news. 
Seriously. What if? What if the thing that makes us Jesus followers, that marks us in this moment, is our unity? Many years ago, I was sitting outside on this sort of grassy lawn area in Israel with our tour guide. So I'd been there before. And while everyone was looking at the place where stuff happened, I had developed kind of a relationship with this guy, and we'd gotten into some really interesting conversations. He was a Palestinian Christian who grew up in a setting where it wasn't always necessarily easy to confess Jesus as Lord. And so we got into conversations because I wanted to know what made him tick. You know, what, what makes you say, no matter what, I'm going to keep confessing Jesus as Lord? So I was asking him all those kinds of questions, right? We had developed enough of a relationship, but then he turned it back on me. I've told some of you this before. He turned it back on me, and he says, where do you go to church? And I said, well, it's, it's a place in East Texas, this Church of Christ. I'll never forget what he asked me. He goes, okay, there's all these churches in your town, right? And I, I, he said, how many? How many what? How many churches? And I, said, uh, I don't know, a thousand, six thousand, twenty thousand? I, I don't know. It's East Texas for Pete's sake. There's one on every street corner. Um, I, had a, I had a friend uh, who used to preach where I preached in Tyler, and we had this big Baptist church in town, like the big, big one. Um, and what he used to say is that there are more Baptists than people in Tyler, because there, there really were. There were lots of, it's just that kind of setting, right? Okay, so that gives you the, that gives you the, the setting for our conversation. So we're sitting there talking. And he goes, all right, all these churches, what makes yours so special? What makes yours, you know, the why you go? I couldn't answer him. Not for the life of me. I gave him some of my answers, told him about some of the people. But that question haunted me for years. And it still sometimes kind of haunts me to say, what is it that really makes a body of believers, a, a group of people, what makes us tick? What keeps us together? What keeps us going in what we are doing? And the more I've thought about it, what it really comes down to answer to that question for most places that exist like this place the answer that it comes down to is that we are unified around a common thing around a common confession and that common confession that bears unity because I, I, I'd love to go back and tell him that now it's like it's unity it's unity but it's unity around something 
I know, I know that sometimes the answer might feel like unity for the sake of unity, right? It's not what this is. The reason that I'm reading Colossians 1 at the beginning and at the end of the sermon is that that's what we're unified around. We're unified around He is the image of the invisible God. That's what we unify around more than anything. And if we're going to talk about forgiveness this summer, it can't be forgiveness for the sake of forgiveness. But as a biblical model, it has to be, he is the image of the invisible God. That's why we practice what we practice. Forgiveness is always based in relationships. Always. Contact between two humans or groups of humans. And yes, I know, your dog may come to you with those eyes asking for forgiveness for eating the rest of your meal when you only got up from the table for a second. But that one's easy. It's this human forgiveness thing that sometimes gets tough. And that's why every relationship or group of humans needs these built-in repair mechanisms, these devices for repairing that help us move forward. And I'm not talking today about the big stuff. I'm talking about just the little irritants that sometimes eat away at relationships. This Colossians passage that begins and ends this moment during our worship service, did you notice all of the alls and everys in the passage, they're all over it. Lots of alls, lots of everys. It's like when your English teacher told you, don't, I, mine always said, never use always and never when you're writing, right? That's what she'd never use always and never. Well, this Colossians 1 passage is built around always and alls and everys. It's the weight of the passage. It's how much this passage weighs because what it states is if you're going to have a group of people that are going to say we are going to hand in hand walk from this point in time to this point in time through these decades and we're going to do it together, you better have a good reason because if you don't, it's not going to last. So what's the reason? It's this. It's all the alls and it's all the everys. Why do we practice forgiveness? It's the same reason we practice love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all of these things with one another. It's because of this. And since we learn our beliefs and practices from Scripture, here's just a couple of things to know here at the end of our series this summer. One's a point of interest. You can take or leave this one or not. I thought it was really interesting that forgive, the whole notion of forgive and forgiveness, shows up in, the, uh, in Matthew and Luke more than the other Gospels. Uh, it's one thing that Matthew and Luke add to Mark more than anything else is forgiveness. And then one other thing, many times when 
teachings about forgiveness show up in the New Testament, it's used alongside the word repentance. Like forgiveness is, is not spoken in a vacuum. It's almost always paired with repentance. And I think that, I think that means something because it involves change. It involves a turning around. That it's not forgiveness by itself for the sake of forgiveness. It's forgiveness and repentance. It's a turning. It's a shift. And I don't think any of us need to ask, well, what do you mean by that? We know. We know what that means. And this is where knowing is only good for something if knowing becomes doing. If knowing becomes being. Be a person of repentance and forgiveness. Do repentance, and forgiveness. And in so doing, let us together in this one outpost of the kingdom of heaven, let us put the whole kingdom of heaven on display when we say and do, my Jesus-informed love for you is more important than the daily news. The most important truth we can express today, one more time from Colossians 1, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers. All things have been created through Him and for Him. He Himself is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that He might come to have first place in everything. For in Him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through Him, God was pleased to reconcile to Himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of His cross. And you, who were once estranged and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, He has now reconciled in His fleshly body through death so as to present you as holy and blameless and irreproachable before Him, provided that you continue securely established and steadfast in the faith without shifting from the hope promised by the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven. He is before all things. The one who is before all things has presented you, us, as holy, blameless, and irreproachable. And all we are asked in return, according to this teaching from the Bible, all we are asked in return is to keep going in your faith and don't forget where your hope lies. That's it. Don't forget your faith. Don't forget where you place your hope. Where is our faith? Where is our hope? He is the image of the invisible God. He's the one who pre presents us holy, 
and blameless. Don't forget your faith. Don't forget your hope. And then it just keeps going. Amen.